Hello and welcome to uh, Motor Cult episode 20. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by Ryan Sinitsky. Hello there. Berger, you stuttered. Yeah, I did, but I'm <laughs> not going to change it because that's how we do Motor Cult. We're joined uh, by our second repeat guest, Aaron Stokowski is back. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, sir? Excellent. You are no longer fun employed. I am no longer fun employed, Aww. yes. Well, I hopefully took... we got you back just in the nick of time, maybe still. I, actually, I think this contract's going to be a little bit more uh, work-life balance, so hopefully I'll be more involved in cars this summer, but we'll see. Well, that would be nice. I know you still have projects you're working on, too. Oh, you so. think? Yeah, well, <laughs> I only know what I've seen, and I have seen very little. So, <laughs> Anyway, um, we have actually a couple new standardized guest questions since we Fantastic. last had you on, so if you're all right with that, we'll do those after we touch on beer. Awesome. Ryan, what are we drinking today? Uh, we are drinking actually a beer that Aaron brought us. Because, oh, maybe Aaron should um, go over it then. Well, I'm eh, he can. You guys can both. Th- this is <laughs> as you see. We we um we record two episodes per weekend. We do, and we both had horrible weekends so far. As Very far busy. As busyness. I just, we shouldn't say horrible. No, like, we I, both had fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's just horribly busy. Um, How about you, Aaron? I was lazy and it was fantastic. Wow, that's perfect. Great. And this is why you brought you bought the beer. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell us what what are we drinking? I have a koozie uh, on mine. I can't see anything. It's an Indeed uh, Session Sour. It's called uh, Lucy. Uh, it's from Indeed. It's a fairly popular one around where, here. Where is yours? Uh, Okay, great. I didn't his, see it. I was worried. Hidden in his crotch. Uh, <laughs> crotch beers are best beers. Uh, okay. <laughs> so you said it's a sour. It is. It, it's from so, Indeed. Yeah, I had it uh, yesterday, actually, and okay. thought this would be a good beer. Uh, it's a very mild sour. It's a session, so it's under 5% usually. Okay. That's 4.2. Is that uh, what session means? So you can drink a bunch of them, yes. Oh, Sessions usually mean I lower ABV. I so much about beer on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and also, Yay. being that it's a session sour, the sour flavor isn't as potent, so it's a little bit more... Um, it's drinkable. Very, Sessions, dr- very, very drinkable. Session Sessions. basically means drinkable. Yes, yes. So and you see a session IPA? It's yeah. a drinkable IPA. Okay. Yes. So yeah. you can... And I really enjoyed the sour this one because sours can get a little overpowering. I do like sours. Yes. I yeah. love sours, but... If you can you, just go one after another on a hot day with some sour. Absolutely. This is a great option for that. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, let's crack them open and see what we think. Ooh. Wow. That is like sucking on a citrus fruit. That is. That's actually, it's good. That's yeah. good. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a drinkable summer beer. It's refreshing. It's very good. I yeah, it, I almost feel like they're they're mimicking what you get out of a sour with like a citrus bite. It, yeah. It's really strange because it, it hits you right off the bat like a sour and then it goes away immediately. It's like this is what Curious Traveler is supposed to be. Yeah, probably. Like, this is probably implemented th- a little bit is, better. Yeah, this is like a really well mm. implemented like Oh, it's very flavorful. Like like Curious Traveler or like a lemon shanty or something like Modi is a Curious Traveler. Th- this is this is a it's a really good version. Of a very common beer style. That's what this is. And that's, I mean that in a good way. I'm glad you enjoy it. So, do you enjoy it, Aaron? Of course. What's your takeaway from your first sip? Uh, this, this is uh, my second six pack of this. So. Today? Uh, no. Yeah, no, his, uh, his no. liver is a <laughs> giant star. There are absolutely no follow up questions. Yes. Anywho. <laughs> so, hey. Good beer. I, I do want to cover just a couple of additional standardized questions since yes. we've got them now, since we're still working through it. You did the Mondial Dilemma. We covered the fact that you basically Invented instigated it. it. Yeah. Yes. But there's another one. Um, what's your dream build? 
which is not at all a loaded question, and you might not even want to answer this because I feel terrible like terrible question. It is. Oh, do you, do you answer want, now? Do you want to answer this? Um, I think it's it's much too much too long. Is it dream build regardless of engineering? Just money one, and one, yep, one car build. Yeah, one car build. So just that, like yeah, the, the car that uh, if you just had like one car basically, mm, and you're gonna build it, what would you do? E sixty three manual trophy truck. Like E sixty three powered manual trophy truck. No, an E sixty three with trophy truck suspension, basically. That'd be kind of cool. Like, well, kind of like a I, I I hate to say safari build because it's so cliche at this point, yeah. but kind of a like a twelve inch long travel suspension E sixty three with a manual in it. That's actually pretty rad. Okay, cool. And then what did you drive here today? That's such a loaded question. Junk. Actually, did you drive your Audi wagon? No, I, my Audi wagon has uh, is a little sick right now. No uh, way. I I. It's funny is that I was listening in on your last podcast and I'd like Creeper. to, yeah, it was great. And I agree. Trailer hitches on everything. Yeah. Uh, the Audi has a trailer hitch and I finally bought a trailer for it. Small Ooh. four by eight. I went down to Hutchinson and bought it nice. on my way down. It made a funny noise. And then the power steering started to be real fun. Got it back, started looking at it and realized like non-operable the, or like mm, bad behavior, bad behavior as in oh. being very uh, intermittent, which was making uh. me think of the pump was going out. And then I took a look at it and saw a lot of slack in the belt and found my hmm. the guide uh, idler pulley. The one that's fixed, not the automatic tensioner pulley oh. was wow, <laughs> really? was just gone. Oh, like literally not there anymore. The bearing was there. The pulley was gone. That's oh, fun. Shot. That's not a common failure point. Cool. No, no, it's not. No, yeah, it's not. Usually, <laughs> I, I see like the <laughs> bearings will seize, and yeah. the belt will start melting through the plastic pulley. I've seen Correct. that, but yes. never seen the pulley go away. Yes. So, and then the bearing is still kind of okay. Yeah, so this particular uh, pulley actually comes from the kit because they swap with a metal. Oh, okay. um, so I'm going to put a factory plastic one on to at least get it there and then sure. measure it and probably get something made out of. Sick billet. Sick billet. The sickest of billets. The sickest of billets. The, f- the un- only problem that I'm having is there's one place that makes uh, pulleys for this specific type of thing, but I have a problem ordering from them because they're their website and company name. They're is called it? they're called the Pulley Boys, with <laughs> with a Z. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Burger Motorsport or something. Oh, no, I'd have less problems with that. Not nah, not me, man. They spell it the wrong way, mm. and they make the JB4, which they is do. terrible. There's a couple other things in here, but I don't care. So, all right. <laughs> um, so, b- back to that dream build thing. Yeah. Hmm. That, that's a terrible, terrible question to ask any car enthusiast. Well, I, I, don't, I actually don't know. I don't think we've asked that one hour. before. I think somebody, <clears throat> Patreon, has logged in and added that. Because that, that's basically like asking um, your dream garage. What, what's your favorite? Well, that's one, a decent one. What, what's your one favorite car? Like, it's like asking that. That's, that's an E63 manual trophy truck. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, done. Like, because, like, I don't know, it's like... Done. Th- that's that question. It's like, right now, I would say a Datsun 411 with, like... I cannot believe your answer is JDM. I know, right? I'm well, taking I, I had to think about that. I'd say I could pr- see you. Probably a lowered Datsun 411 with, like... Ancient Greek philosophy. Period. Period. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> period. My touring car build, okay, but with like a really tightly wound what like L twenty Japanese style thing with all the arrow that we did on the last episode. Oh, Time Attack. No, there was like a website or something. Oh, Narita Dogfight. Yeah, that one. Yeah, there you go. 
Well, like, I, that, that's what happens in my brain. I just picture some like crappy old Japanese car with like a really cool body no, kit on it. No, no, it wouldn't be like that. It'd be like a period like of that era, like oh, touring okay. car. So, so like, no like, arrow look, at all. Kind of like no arrow at all, as okay. minimal as possible. Sure. I would probably say that right now, but I'd probably go home and like hear like Danger Zone by Phil Collins and be like Z31 with a RB20 <laughs> like or something like you that. You should just get a C4, which should happen anyway, and then put an RB in the C4. Oh, that's too much effort for a C4. Uh, I think that'd be kind of cool. I co-signed that one. No, that it'd be really like cool. But RB C4, maybe I should do that. Mm. Buy yeah, that Callaway Aero body that's on Craigslist. Oh, yes, man. you should. Actually, it's only thirty five hundred bucks. One of our pay- if our, one of our uh, listeners buys that, yeah, and uh, uh, I w- we will give you a motor cult sticker for it. So yep. please buy that. <laughs> it's a good deal. Trust but, us. I mean, it's you get a 30, stack of them. It's five a 30, horsepower. Thirty six. Right? You know, no, just one. I'll but, give them. I'll give them ten motor cult stickers. It's a. Let's say a $3,600 Cowley Aerobody C4 Corvette with a Doug Nash 4 plus 3. Is it from the Sledgehammer? Is that the body from the, the body, Sledgehammer? Yeah, the Sledgehammer body, yeah. yeah. But it's just got the normal whatever engine in it. Um, you. you can have another one. Thank you, sir. It's basically like getting a Callaway Aerobody. It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize the exchange value worked that way. I'm very excited. The exchange though. rate, yeah. If you like walk into the currency converter, like you got to use Bitcoin. So um, if you, if you buy that yeah, car, it's, it's very po- post our Facebook page a picture of you with the car. It's and a full car? Will, it's then, an actual Corvette, like a running, driving Callaway Aerobody C4 Corvette no with motor. a Doug Mash 4 no, Plus 3 it, it, running. It does have a motor. For 3600 bucks. It's an 84, so it shouldn't have the kit on it. No, And it's it missing a it's, couple of like factory components. So like he a, bought the kit, put it he, on his he car. He bought the car to get Got the kit it. to put on his car. Interesting. I want to pull it up. Hold on. It, I really wish this thing was letting me have the tabs. Um, no worries. That's that's uh, that's a very interesting thing now yeah, that I know about it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, no, no, Craigslist. it's on Craigslist. Like, Ooh, even better. It's Local. up in like Shorewood. Yeah. If oh, I wanted local to, too. If yeah. I wanted, oh no. <laughs> if I wanted to store it, I would have had it by now. Yeah. Like it's. it's I a have dangerous a place that thing. we can store things. Then we should probably buy this. And we put should a, probably put an talk. RB in it. I think yeah. you should. I think you should buy that. I really think you should buy I it. I might. Okay. We can talk more. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um. I want to go on to the first topic since we're done absolutely. with that. Yes. And we've established that this beer is great. Uh, I want to talk about why more. carpeting is better than wood or tile. <laughs> yes. In, in this homes. has absolutely nothing to do with cars. Who cares? However, it doesn't matter. It's our podcast. We can do what we want. Yeah, no, we, we do. Because my, my uh, girlfriend, uh, our still so, sometimes Hi. co-presenter, Jana, we have a uh, detests so we can do this. carpet. Uh, and I, but, ca- I vehemently disagree everywhere except for in the kitchen and in the bathroom. So well, two you know, places around the that toilet should, area. Yeah, shower, it, yeah, those are only two places that should not have Correct. carpet. Everywhere else should be carpeted Correct. at all Because it turns your whole house into a bed. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. A yes. sound deadened bed. A sound deadened bed that looks very comfy. Oh, and here's the problem. Here's the problem, though, is most times when people vehemently are against carpet, yes. it's because they've had a bad experience with bad carpet. Yeah. If you have a oh, you, you have a good experience with good carpet, carpet oh. it kind of changes your your opinion. Yeah, like this carpet yeah. will make you not like carpet. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't want to sleep on the carpet in here. No indoor no. outdoor carpeting. We, no we've shag. slept on the carpeting. Right. Good it's pa- not good it's carpet. Not great. Pad. But like, I don't like carpeting because it's hard to clean. It just Carpet never gets dirty. Why would you clean it? Yeah, it never gets dirty. It totally gets dirty. If you get gray no, carpet, uh-huh. if you get gray I carpet, it dirt, doesn't get dirty. dirty. Oh, gray God. carpet is like a silver car. It doesn't get dirty. Yeah. Oh, oh Like br- brownish, brownish <laughs> oh, no. shag pile. Mm. Yeah. Never Perfect. dirty. Yeah, never dirty. No. Never, dirty. Oh, never have to God, clean it. I don't have a vacuum for that do, reason. Oh, Do you remember the carpeting oh, no. that's in my parents' basement? 
Uh, no, I was there one time in 2007. It's like 1970s brown shag carpeting. Yuck. It's probably perfectly clean. Yes. Oh, so no. it's fine. So let's go. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's argue the other point, though. The one problem that I do have with There's people no argument. that put tile on or wood or anything oh, like okay. that is the seams. So the grout. Fi- well, the yeah, definitely the those in the grout in between those is always lower and oh, it always yeah. catches everything, even yeah. when you sweep or vacuum. Yeah. Has anybody come up with a way to effectively clean those surfaces? Steam cleaning only. Well, yeah. how do you get underneath? How do you get everything out of the the cracks and crevices and all those things? Because even with a broom, that catches. Yeah, that's true. I'm not, just I'm install not it sure, better. Urethane like, coat it. <laughs> I'm just a big fan Coating. of there you go. natural yeah. hardwood floors. Coat like it with carpet. There we go. Floors. Problem solved. Carpet. Put carpet over it. Coating, Original coating. hardwood floors. Yeah. The prerequisite is that they were installed 100 years ago, and they're well, awesome. Well, yeah, and the house that I was looking at that was covered in carpet yes. was from, like, 1906. Uh, and it had so original hardwood? I'm sure it had. So you can pull original. all the stuff up and have awesome exactly. hardwood floors Exactly, and that's what I was discount. talking about, and then they go, we're adding this to the podcast, nope, and I carpet. was like, no. I can't lay on wood floors to be comfy carpet. Let me tell you guys this. The uh, carpeted area on my main floor has Sorry. hardwood underneath it. I don't care. Good carpet. Oh you shouldn't. God. You know what? I'm just going to cry no, myself to sleep. I've, I've got lower back problems, and one of the things I have to do, like when my back starts acting up after I've been doing like any work in my car at all, yeah. I have to go lay on the floor and do a bunch of weird-ass stretches. Yeah. So doing that on carpet as opposed to wood floor oh, dude. makes no difference to the effectiveness of the stretching, but makes 100% difference to the comfort of the stretching. Correct, and then you can take a nice nap afterward. Yes, exactly. my original hardwood floors. Moving. That's fine. Yeah. On that bombshell, we're anyway. moving on. Yep. And Next one. Carpet is better. Anyway. Oh. Carpet is better. Yep. Why did you guys even add that? Was it just to blast me? No. No, it's just because carpet is better. Also, can we? I got one other off topic thing. Sure, I talk about. fine. Yeah. Uh, whenever you listen to NPR or really any. Which I do all the time. Of course, any so news outlet, I, I do it regularly because I'm a very boring person. Where is your supporter, uh, Mark Jenna? Oh, it's a, it's in the car. Or oh, shoot. It's yeah. okay. But anyway, so or like really any news channel, because CNN or even Fox News says this, uh, the term blasted yeah. and grilled. Roasted. And, Roasts. No, no, it's blasted and grilled. Oh. Um, so you're talking politics. Th- yeah, like okay. those two terms are so overused. Every single political reporter should be ashamed of themselves for not having a thesaurus. Oh, yeah. This politician carpeted this one. That's a much better oh. adjective. Yes, carpeted yeah. should be a great one for grilled. Tiled him. He's been tiled <laughs> on his stance. He's on been the Russian <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. That sounds like a Spaceballs thing. Yes. All right. Anyway, I've gone full Pergo. It I, I want to go to my uh, yes. our first actual topic Do it. here. Right. Um, actual. That was for an our, actual topic? Yeah, was no, it wasn't. Topic. Oh, okay. Um, for our it's viewers like on YouTube, Hello. Also, oh, wow. if you see our screen, you have the best website on the internet, JapaneseNostalgicCar.com. There is some um, bias there. There's no bias. <laughs> there is, there is a, a slight bias. Um, I did follow that, after the last podcast. There you go. Cool. Um, we have that website up. Uh, and this is actually an article not written by me, but by my lovely benevolent overlord slash editor slash actual buddy of mine. Um, <laughs> uh, ben Sue. That You need uh, to pick one benevolent overlord. I yeah. have Bob Lutz. You have Carl Skozen. He's yeah, that's just true. A, he's just a bitch, so... Oh, okay. Bob Lutz? No, no, you are. That's why you have so many for, Can you turn off her microphone? Yes, I can. Cool. All right, this is perfect. Let me know if you want that to change. Uh, I will let you know when Okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, the Peterson actually... 
You're talking about Honest, the museum? Yeah, the Pearson Automotive Museum in Los Angeles. Actually, even surprised us because usually uh, most outlets let Japanese nostalgia car know yeah. before they do something with old Japanese cars to like, no way. promote it. Yeah. But the thing is, the Peterson's really cool because they like, surprised us with this. Okay. Uh, they had not one, but two uh, massive installations that they're that they or exhibits that they have about classic japanese cars okay which marks not just the first but also the second uh installation that has ever been in any american museum ever of japanese um, cars of japanese cars yeah wow. the first two uh at least of this size i i can't say the first year there's probably some weird one in like idaho where it's like the k-car museum and they have like a single honda today this and photo, like a really clapped out. I was just gonna say that this. I this photo it. makes me happy. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say that it, this whole thing. Pass that on to Dan. That that is an excellent cover photo for that article. That is fantastic. Uh, yes, I will let Ben know that. Um, his brother's name is Dan. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Um, oh sorry, Dan is the one that. Yeah, that, there's a Dan on the photo and a Ben. Yeah, ben, no, and Dan, so ben so, wrote. Dan so, shot. So Ben, tell your tell your brother because your brother, I'm confident, doesn't listen to this. That he's a, f- a fantastic photographer. Also, your brother should listen to my podcast. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So um, they got two. It's the roots of Manosakuri, the creative spirit uh, in Japanese automaking and fine tuning Japanese American customs. Um, Really, five years ago, mm-hmm. if somebody said that there's going to be two, well, two displays that are as big as each of them is the size of the Bugatti display they had two years ago. Yeah. If somebody told me that they were going to have that in five years at the Peterson, which might as well be the Smithsonian. Um, or it's the a great Louvre, museum. Or like the Louvre really for is. like that's actual fabulous. art. Uh, I, I would told them nonsense. That, that's not going to really happen. Should this but take over the entire Peterson, or this most of it? Yeah, like the it vault was, and everything, or well, and they grabbed a bunch of stuff that they had in the vault, okay. and then some. Um, but so, there. The thing is, it's not just like normal, like what you expect, like that. But just gorgeous, by the way. And that's, yeah, uh, but if, if you scroll Sky, down, Skyline? is it the original, no? That's the 2000 GT. That's a, that's, a 2000 G, that's a Cosmo, a 2000 GT. I believe that other one is. I can't really see, but it looks like a Toyota Double A. And that would have come out what year? Uh, the Toyota Double A is a pre-war. Um, <laughs> it was Toyota's first you, car. It, you, it looked like a Chrysler. Definitely could tell. Sorry, but anyway, watch you scroll down a little bit. Yeah, no, great. I'm happy to get away from this pre-war. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I, I still. Think oh, and there's good. more pre-war. <laughs> the 2000 GT is still, no, th- I one, think, th- one of the most beautiful cars it, ever made. Oh, it's another pre-war. That's a pre-war. Go back up. Nope. No, no, oh, those are all from the no, 1950s. Now we're, now we're talking. Here, no, scroll back up. Nope. It, no, first, stop. I, it. I control. Uh, no, none of them are. I was going to tell you about it. I just want to get to the good stuff. Oh, there we go. Yes, There's some cool. Mm. A Subaru 360 and whatever that is. Uh, Toyota S800 is a Toyota Publica uh, K sports car. It's the first cool. K sports car. Good looking car. Uh, but no, if you go back up, please. Which I wouldn't do. Um, there's actually some really interesting stuff that's not pre-war. Mm. Uh, Here we go. This is the relevant part to my interest. With the pre-war car in the background? Yeah, I don't care about that. But, but anyway. 2000 GT. <laughs> Because it was far away. It was a little one. <laughs> um, no, but like... so it's lightly pre-war. No, so what they have is they, they talk about like the history of the Japanese automobile. Yeah. So that blue Datsun that you scrolled past yeah, like very quickly. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, that was ah. the first mass-produced Japanese car. Good for them. But then after that, they had the Mitsubishi... And look how far they've come. The Mitsubishi Leo 500, which is a 500cc not K car. It was just a compact 
but it was like the first like kind of Mitsubishi compact car, and that that Much was like the modern Nimble Mirage. Kind of, yeah. But uh, um, Eclipse. It it wasn't quite it wasn't quite a uh, it was more than a K car, but it was something to like actually aspire to, which is kind of cool. Um, and then there's this other. They also have uh, I believe it's called uh, oh god I think the Flying Rabbit or something, but it was a race car that was built by um, the guy that invent, that would go on to create the 240Z. Okay. So so a fairly iconic car. Some there. very iconic cars that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, and it's actually really funny because a lot of stuff that I've been writing about um, on, J- on Japanese nostalgia cars is now like, being written about from other publications, which I find kind of cool. I wonder if that's coincidental. I wonder. Probably not. Um, but this second uh, exhibit is about Japanese-American custom cars. Okay. Also known as imports. I was going to say, do you have an example? Yep. If you scroll down. Perfect. There's a great example. Shazam. So... Oh yeah, yeah. That that's basically what I would build there, if I was. Fender, enough, fender mirrors should be on pretty much everything. I agree. Fans. I'm not a huge fan of of, of over fenders. Just well, they they were there. Huge they were there for a reason. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's period even correct. functional ones. Well, there? no, th- this is not a period not a big, correct. This not is a not a kind of the look. This oh, is okay. not a period metal, correct look. Metal metal formed box flares is the game. Oh, it yeah, does, that is the true. answer. Absolutely. But like, um, <laughs> this is not a period correct one, but it's a variation. It's very cool. I like I'm the a period correct so one. So what yeah. is it? That's a Mazda RX-3. If you see in this photo, this car is competitive styling. Yes. Competitive. Uh, competitive styling. <laughs> competitive So here, scroll, scroll down a little bit. Um, Did you just call me Peter? I no. So, but, all right. So there, it's about, like, the history of... Is that an F20? Tuning. A what? Is that an yeah, F20? it's an F20C. Yeah. Ooh, nice. And then next to that, I believe, is... Looks like a Ruderu. No, I think it's actually an early Honda... Uh, cylinder head, but anyway, um, no, it's about the actual Japanese automotive aftermarket yeah. landscape in the United States and like the history of like old Japanese like custom wheels, which are actually in the 1970s, they had way more of a market for custom wheels than you had in Europe or America. So, a lot of the stuff that we take for granted, like the fact that we can go discount tire, uh, that came from Japan. They also have, like, Shakatan builds, like this one that we see right here on the screen. Um, and then also stuff like, if you scroll back up, uh, Steph Papadakis's... That's a big if. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, EK Civic hatchback, which was the first, uh, I think, like, eight, nine-second or eight-second Honda. And, it, like, from, like, the import, like, big body kit era. So they're even, like, featuring stuff like that. So it's the entire history of the Japanese aftermarket, which is really, really cool to see. So, If you took this car through a brush car wash, would it rip the oil cooler lines off? Probably. No, it doesn't. You sure? Yes. Oh, okay. Have you taken that car through a car wash? No. <laughs> but I've driven a car. What if you did it like at Redline with cold oil? Ooh. So I've, there's like a bunch of pressure on the line. I've driven a car with the front mounting air cooler through a touch car wash. No, no, no. And no, it no, is no, oil cooler. With an external oil cooler? Oil cooler? Yeah, cooler. external oil cooler. Yeah. You said intercooler. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant, I meant to say oil cooler. Wow, that is very 70s. So out of curiosity, this is kind of a side topic because you mentioned that drag Civic. Have you seen the uh, Enviat Motorsports Beastie Civic? No, what's up? It's the Pike Peak, Pike's Peak EG hatch that has Super Aero. Whoa, Super Aero. It's, I, is pull that like, it up. Is that pull like Super up. Aids? Pull, I mean, you, if you can pull up anything, it, it I, goes I alongside that. What's it called? Where it's, it's called the, look up the Beastie Civic. I'm going to have to like come back. Yeah, we're going to click that backspace I, button. i got to figure out what's going on with the tabs. But oh, okay. This thing? It's, the, it's a Pikes Peak Civic. 
Yeah, it's just a J swapped wide body Civic. Uh, with all custom arrow. Better, didn't you, ju- didn't you just say that you don't like over fenders? This one's actually molded. Look at that back one. Like, yeah. what is going on there? That looks terrible. If you, if you get it from the back, it also runs very, very fast. Is that garden edging? So this is all pretty, pretty okay. gnarly. That's pretty cool. That looks I mean, like it, an Escudo. It, it that's does. what he built it afterwards. He actually has another car, too, that's running craziness. But I wanted. I was curious if you'd seen this no, specific car. Look how but tall that, the cylinder has in that thing. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a J35 from, like, an Odyssey oh, or something. Oh, yeah. that it's, makes sense. It is, yeah, those are that's gnarly. actually the intake plenum, yeah. Uh, but Anyways, I was just curious because that's the only Japanese car that I know on Facebook right now. Oh, oh yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so there, it's about the entire history, a lot of like old 70s stuff. So if you're a fan of Bosuzoku and Shakatan style cars. So what's, what's Shakatan style? Shakatan, I know Bosuzoku. Bosuzoku. Uh, Shakatan is, uh, means uh, low car style, but it's... That. Is, yeah, that's, that would be Shakatan. So, um, so, so for I, those folks that, that are listening, it's a If you want to really get into that, that is a Hokkaido-style Shakatan build because different regions of Japan built Shakatan cars differently. Got it. But basically, Shakatan builds were, were a style of, well, are a style of older Japanese cars that were kind of caricaturizations of what the race cars looked like. So they're really extreme examples to make your car look like the race cars of the era. I like like the the modification is basically just converting dramatization into like a real tangible item. Yes. That's exactly what it is. It's and incredible. I, I love it so much. It's just like there's no way. It looks like a child's drawing of a yeah. race car and they're just like let's make cool. Let's We're gonna make that. let's let's actually do that for real. That let's front like, lip is like seven feet long. I'm like, yeah, that's not a problem. Yeah, I, I want that. a four foot long front lip. How what size do you want your wheels? I want 13s? Four, I want fourteen 000. by thirteen. What? I mean, 13, Square. 14 inch and 13 wide. No, no. 13, 13 wide, 14 wide. Actually, make that 13 by 15. So they, they, <laughs> they have over square wheels, which is fantastic. Which yeah. is not uncommon that's on fantastic. cars of that era. Yeah, it's like an old formula wheel. Those things are incredible. Mm-hmm. The uh, the wheels, I'm once I get the carbs on the road or on the Subaru, the, uh, the wheels I do plan on getting are actually square. They're that's 13 fantastic. by 13. So. I thought you that were talking about my, Canadian that, wheels that, for a second, or they're actually... That Mazda RX-3, I think, is one of my favorite ones. Yeah. RX-3s, so yeah, those are pretty cool. That is just a very... I love that meat the that meat, it has all the way The meaty tires, and, yeah. I like the foge lights. Yeah, the fog lights. Yep. Yeah, the foge lights are cool. Do they normally have a second set of inners that are their high beams? Yes, but it was common to pull them out and use Intake. that for intake. Oddly, they yeah. needed more cooling envelope, probably. Shocking, yeah. Very strange. Um, you would know this anything is, about that, Aaron. No. So this... Um, this show's going through April of 2019. The installation. The installation. Yeah. Yep. That's going through April, April of 2019. The motor cult will be going past that. I, I, I will absolutely mm. be doing everything in my power to get out there somehow um, to go see this because this is massive. There's just been a lot of really big stuff for yeah, this seems old like Japanese kind of a, cars. A big deal for you to visit. Well, not just this, but I mean, like this year, it's been huge because you had Datsun. Being the featured mark at the MIDI. Yeah. You have Datsun being the featured mark at Historics at Monterey. I'm guessing this is not a coincidence. I'm probably not. Um, Maybe. Then Maybe. you got these two events happening at the same time at the Peterson. Mm-hmm. It's pretty massive. I mean, plus, the, I, I'm, I'm going to say with confidence, this is going to be the year where we start seeing Mark IV Supras going for six figures regularly. 
I'm kind of surprised that clean turbo ones aren't already. Well, I mean, because if you looked They're on Branch Rowers, getting that, close. There was yeah. an automatic turbo with 4,000 miles that hit 84 k. And that oh, it's like it's a, not a desirable car, color or anything. It was a very <laughs> meh car. So if we're talking about like a red on black low mile turbo manual, yeah, that will be a six figure car. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Honestly, like I'm curious how totally many more stock. years until like clean original panel S14 E30 M3s hit there. Can't yeah, be that long. It's it's it. I mean, what what you are they only now? Hope. They're they're. I don't have one of those, so they're yeah, probably like the, the market raises all ships, man. It'll bring all of them up. I've got a better one because it actually goes fast. But now, I mean, like, what's yours already at? Because yours is pretty heavily modified. probably worth 40, 45. Yeah, and that's, yeah they jumped pretty quickly, yeah, too. They, oh, yeah, they, right they after blew I got one, up. Yeah. And, I mean, they've been they've been speculating on the, the next big market with the Porsche market going absolutely insane. And the majority of the, the major investors in the market have been looking at Japanese cars as the yes. big thing because yeah. it's our money that's going well, to be buying that next thing. We talked about this thing with thing. The, the EM1 story back in the day, like... Yeah, what that was just what insane. Japanese cars of like the two thousands and the nineties. Like, is it going to be an ITR? Is so, it going to be a GSR? Is well, it going to be it's, SI? I mean, the, a lot stock of these, clean GSR yeah. is still they're still going crazy. I mean, you can get a stock clean low mile GSR and it goes for over Integra 20. GSR Integra. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So like, well, so this is actually my big quandary for my next car that I'm buying because C4 Corvette with an RB in it. Well, all right. So yeah. to, to add, add to this, Jan and I are going to be getting a house pretty soon. Good. Um, Congrats. In, in your neighborhood. I hope so. Uh, so going to Lucius movie night in the summer will be a walk, literally. Or a Segway. No. Gross. <laughs> um, please, I, never, I never, ever. I'm never no, going to do that. No, please, Segway. Um, <laughs> that's the thing. Is like, I'm going to be, I'm gonna be buying my, I'm going to be, I'm going to be buying another car, but it's like all the cars I want yeah. are getting very expensive. And then there's... One car I really want that's never going to be worth anything, that's a C4 Corvette. Um, yeah, do that later. Yeah, I, I think do <laughs> that. That's, that's, is, I feel like they're they're, that, they're still finding their bottom, to be honest. Yeah, they are, they're yeah, going to continue to do that probably. Early one. <laughs> yeah, I, they're going to do that until, like, millennials are in their mid-60s. I honestly and then don't think, I think they'll like, be worth money. And then, then they'll, they'll, they'll come up. I think they might, you might break ZR1. even. You might break so even. Ta- okay, you can't. Clump the ZR1 in with the traditional did, C4 Aaron. market. It's did a you not different hear car. No, you do. You can't though because no, it is. They sectioned it in the middle of the car. It's an entirely different build for them. Yeah, and it's amazing. It is amazing, but you that I but don't think that's representative. Like C4, though. The LT4 is great. Oh, it's fantastic. no. It, yeah, but the thing is, it still looks like a C4. It's like saying, oh, the E30 M3 is a totally different car than an E30 because it, it is uh, a it totally, totally different is. car. Yeah, but they share look, almost nothing. Shockingly, E30 M3s are also going crazy in price. Yeah. Not as much, but still crazy. So whereas well, like, like a ZR1 C4, by comparison to a ZR1 C4 Corvette will be, you know, that and that think, will be a very unattainable car. I think oh, yeah. it's a buy right now at 20 grand. You yeah. can buy one of those for 20 grand. Absolutely. 20 to 24, pretty pretty yeah, solid. Yeah, but the thing is is like that's going to raise a up ZR1. your normal, your normal Doug Nash and that's, that's going to be that that's going I think I think that like the the normal Doug Nash car is going to be probably around there's like no $15,000 like in good condition with everything working. And the key is everything working. <laughs> I was going to say that is a big if at that point because yeah. I mean they just it's it's an 80s GM car and it's just going to yeah, be rough you, no matter what. The, all right, so the thing is though is like it's hard to keep in, those in, running. In, in <laughs> the late in the late 70s there were people saying, eh, "I don't know if the C2s will be worth anything." There's not a C1. 
And C2s are way better. I said that about the C3 even, and I was wrong about the C3. I still hate those cars. I hate them too. But the thing is, there's some asshole out there that's going to spend a shitload of money on a C3, and I will never understand it. Hmm. Um, (laughs) I mean, I guess we'll see in 15, 20 years where they end up. C3s, yeah. You are not kidding, are you? Nope, I was not. I've, I've been strongly endorsing the ZR1. I've had conversations with a friend of mine that currently owns a C6 Z06, and he's been talking about what his next car should be. Dude, and said, these... An investment? I say a C4 ZR1. Yeah. If you can find a good example of them, you can get them for 20 to 24 for... It has 12,000 miles on it, and it has no bids, and it closes in two days because, for 25 grand. Because the yeah, number of I'd people that. that know who they are actually know what the car is versus the people that actually have the money that want to spend money on cars. I think it's a very small cross section. Yeah. And, so, and honestly, it still drives a lot like a C4. So it's hard, car. but all right. Incredible so motor. It has a horrible interior. Oh yes. Absolutely. Just well, it's, it's a Corvette. Off. It's they've not had a good interior least, since about like 1959. But I just, they're <laughs> a facelift C4. So that helps a lot. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I still love that GM was like, I want a wider track. So we're not going to put fender flares on this. We're going to cut the car in half and we're going to add metal in the middle of it. That's, that's such a fantastic American car company thing. Oh that my pretty fun. word. Like that's just no chops idea. on that right in half. So that is an incredible bargain. It yeah. So, so, I, there's, so that's the thing is, so where are you going to, where are you going to drive your, your purchasing towards then? Because you're talking about well, 240, is, 240s have gone crazy. Well, not, I, see, that's the, I don't want 240. Okay. All right. So my, my, my three, my four cars that are on my, like, this is going to happen list is just a, a not good C4. Because I don't want to spend all of a fucking penny on a C4. Good call. I want to get, I want to get like just a C4 for like two to three grand, which is how I found that Callaway tur- that Callaway body kit mm-hmm. one. Um, and I want to maybe have a manual if I can find it, but automatically I don't care because all I'm gonna do is put a carburetor on it and just make V8 noises, and that's it. That's all I care about with that car. So there's that. The other one I really want a second generation Celica Supra. Okay. Uh, those ones are my favorite Supra it's by not, far. Those ones is a sentence fragment. It's not correct. Just those. I don't care. Moving on. Well, <laughs> still, anyway, say it so right. The second generation Celica Supra is definitely up there. Then uh, um, there is the AW11 MR2, which is really the boxy want. one, right? The, the yes. first gen MR2. Okay. Yep, it's I really want one of those. Or a Suzuki Cappuccino. Oh yeah, which I which are the it's like, early '90s, right? They're outside the 25 year right now. Yeah, they're they are. Yep. they're almost within now, though, right? And no, they're all, all of them except for the EA21 R, which is the one with the aluminum block and the automatic transmission option, which I don't Ooh, care about. No, yeah, I want the I want the earliest one, which so, has the iron block and is so just besides better. the the cappuccino, the the others, all the rest of them are, the, American are American cars. Yes, yes. Yep. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I don't think that. So, and you've, then you've already seen you've already seen kind of the the your the Celica Supras have started to go up. In oh my god, yeah. Since you know a few ten the, years so the, ago, back when I first graduated high school, I bought AW11s a, I are bought, still very attainable. They're but they're they've gone up a lot. They have, but they've they're gone still about, very very attainable. They've gone about three grand since I owned mine. Okay, um, and that was about five years ago. 
and three grand on a car that I could have bought for two grand. That's more, it's a more than increase. doubled in the price. The percentage increase is incredible. Yeah. That's like when people look at E30 M3s and they look at regular E30s and like ignore the, the percentage change in cost between those two. Like M3s haven't moved at all compared to a clean 325i. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The normal like E30s They went from like 3,500 to like 12 and a half. In the time where an M3 went from twenty to Absolutely forty, insane. I mean, yeah. I love I love a good E30, and but honestly, but not it's not a. I don't think it's a twelve thousand dollar driving oh, it experience. Is. I don't. It, think it, it, it a clean is. Three twenty five. Yeah, for sure. a, a good for a good E30. Twelve grand. Yeah, totally, totally mm. worth it. Oh yeah, and mm. th- this is coming from somebody that like would spend about half as much money on anything not made in Japan as you would on something Japanese. Um, Sorry, but, I'm still looking at C four zero ones. That that's a <laughs> sorry, rabbit okay. hole. Be careful. But. Um, yeah, so AW11s and Celica Supers are both kind of going up there. But you have to separate the whole idea behind buying a car that you're passionate about and buying a car you're trying to invest in. It's both And that's that. hard, right? They're, those are both investment cars I'm passionate about. Well, and that's, 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 why, that's how I've gotten myself to this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Cappuccino is another one of those where that's a car that is still very cheap because people don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And every single person that's ever driven one says this is an amazing machine because it does everything. What, I'm actually I'm, I'm working on a article about the Cappuccino right now that I'm really dragging my feet on because I want to try and have it come out after I buy my own. Because um, you don't want to affect the market. Yeah, I don't want to affect the market <laughs> at all. But basically, so the Cappuccino is to the Miata what the Frog Eye Sprite was to the MGA. Okay. Where the MGA, like that was the one that everybody knew about. But to the person that really valued a driving experience, the Frog Guy Sprite was better. Oh, the vintage guys love the Sprites. Yeah, they go nuts for them. And it's kind of it's that's what the Cappuccino the is to the Miata. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's I I originally wanted a Frog Guy Sprite, but they were unattainable. Meanwhile, all this is happening. Um, I want to get Jana a French car. Something so like a two CV. Like no, well yeah, <laughs> kind of. No, but we're thinking more like a Clio Williams. Oh, that'd be fun. Which are now <laughs> eligible for import. Excuse me. I'll very longer to the Clio, the Clio 24 valve sport. Those were the series twos were like 2003. So really? Long time. Yeah, long so time. Dude, series. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy I'm gonna buy a 90s. V I'm gonna buy a V6 Maybe. Clio terrible, the though. same day that he buys himself an Aventime. Oh yeah. Actually, it'll be almost to the day. Yeah, oh, we can just import them together. It's the gotta be great. Yeah. Yeah. You guys need to change it from Motor Cult to Obscure Car Podcast. At this yeah, that's point. what Motor Cult is. That's, that's actually that's, what it means. that's that's why I said Motor Cult because it doesn't mm. necessarily mean engine. Mm. It, it can be electric. It can also be steam. It can be whatever. Yeah, I didn't really give any so. thought to the name, and Ryan had the name picked out. So. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd been premeditating this after, ever since I did the MNC. Yeah, it didn't C take blog. you very so, long to say yes. And I'm like, hey man, I'm going to start so a we, podcast. You want in? Like, yes. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. That's well. <laughs> we but can we'll get her we done. can kind of see the current landscape, right? Of all the the cars are going up, and the yeah. the, the smart money's on Japanese cars being the next big buy because of all of the people that are going to have money in the next twenty years. Right? I've been looking so, for one. Yeah. Now extrapolate that out for like the kids that are going to be behind us in a generation, either our kids or the kids that are in the you grade school right now cars? well no they will i think that the inherent like installment of wanting to take something that's yours and show it off and, right. and move around is going to be a, a drive for everyone moving forward in the sure. next 50 ish years so i think that we're going to at least get one more good generation out of the world more than one we're well, one, more than one, i'm going to say sure. at least one at sure. least one I think this stuff will, yeah, it'll all be prominent. So my question is, is though, is, is everybody's talking about where that's going to go and if it's going to be just straight electric hot rodding, if it's going to be you know, like the Tesla guys, or if it's going to be something like 
the the gasoline cars going the way of the horse where you're like, oh, my dad had this and we're going to keep it at the stable. Wow. Exactly. Or we're going to be some weird blend of that or whatever we move on to next. Is there anything that's for sale today that you think that kids that aren't able to drive right now are going to lust over and are going to do what like the yes. generation right before us did to the, the Porsche market and what we're going to do to the Japanese car market. Yes. So what is that car? Tesla P100D. You think it's going to stand Tesla, the test of time? Te- Tesla what Type I, S. Probably. P100D. Yeah, it's whatever's aspirational to people right now. And people, especially the Kids upcoming generation. love that kind they of They love their iPhones. A Tesla Model S is just like an iPhone they can't have. So, yeah, when they eventually have money, you know what? They're probably going to go shopping and seeing what that thing they could never afford when they were I would young say, is going for. My guess, my, I guess I understand the that. The BMW i8 as well, I would say. Yep. Um, the hypercars, obviously. But I think as far as something yeah. attainable, I would say. It, like an attainable thing. Yeah, as far as attainable goes, I would, still say, I would say a, te- a Tesla Model S um, so P100D. In 20, 20 years, you think road. the P100D is still going to be like something that they aspire for? Yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You don't think that in the next five years, Tesla's going to go, yeah, well, the P100D is basically a go-kart comparatively to the new one we have. Which oh, no, they will. A, cars 20 years ago were trash compared to their. But today, what I'm but saying still is that like, so Tesla's having a huge problem with quality control from a thing. So why? Why the P100? Why the P100D though? That well, because the P100D is the car. most aspirational, most well-known. Like that's Till they go next. That that P90 that's was the before car, that. But that's, that's a real car. So well, let me finish here. That's the car that's the like the face of electric car performance today. Is the Fine. Tesla P100D any ludicrous. ludicrous mode? But the thing is, is like you know what's the car that really sucked like thirty Almost years ago? Everything. Yeah, oh, Lamborghini Countach oh, yeah. sucked at everything. Yeah. Literally the everything it did, except looking awesome. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. Every kid aspired for it, and sure. that's why I had the, the Countach has the white Countach loaded in value over the Testarossa, right. which was its runner-up. Much better car. Yeah, and a much <laughs> better car. Yeah, but the the Countach, if you look at a Countach, they're four hundred to seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. But do kids Whereas, have posters of P one hundred Ds on their wall? They don't have posters, but they definitely have computer That's backgrounds. Their iPad wallpapers. Yeah, it's their computer wall, right. wallpaper, which is it's the modern just, wall poster. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's literally I called a wallpaper. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and the supply is limited. Limited, absolutely. I mean, and they're so expensive. Absolutely, to yeah. buy straight up. So I. I think that that's a fair point. Yeah. I yeah, think I that would, that will okay. be a car that people seek out in 20 years. The, um, I, I mean, if they ever put the Tesla Roadster actually on the road, I think that might that might that. do it as well. Yeah, I, I do hear a lot I of think, very young people like, ooh, Tesla Roadster. Because, I mean, it's very, very, it's very, very emotional. It's very, very guttural when you look at it. It's like this thing you would draw if you were drawing a And there's a, a number car. associated with that car exactly. that's extremely low. Mm-hmm. And people yeah. like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ex- exclusivity It's a spec sheet. I think... so. I, I think the next five years are going to really show what's going to go on. I'm excited with that because um, I'm ready for a while. Well, 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 I'm saying so ready for well, other no, people. I'm, I agree. I think um, Tesla Model S right now. Yeah. Now, depending on how the DS brand goes with the French and yep. what mm-hmm. Mercedes does with their with their Tesla fighters. What about Porsche's new Mission E that's about to come out? They no. should just call it the E Mission. I think they should call it the E Mission, but I think that's probably what didn't. They're make probably it they're groups. probably staying away from that because of Volkswagen, their parent company. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> touche, Ryan. Touche. Yeah. 
is, and I is actually want to talk about the Jaguar offering a little later in the podcast. Too, is anybody worried about at that point the major car manufacturers coming out with something that directly competes with the Tesla and destroys them on every level, and then eventually puts Tesla out of business? I think that will make if that Entirely happens, the Model fair, S will yes, become even that. more aspirational in twenty years. So if the okay. brand goes bankrupt, I can see which that you know, absolutely teetering on the edge of it all with times. Basically, something that doesn't with exist where, anymore, with like where, an Aztec. Cur- with where we are right now, I almost got him. I'm after. I'm after go down this <laughs> rabbit hole Dick. of pre-war. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the Stutz Bearcat because, oh, no. dude, no, that's fine. something that happened. It literally happened because Stutz. In the can we get a, can we get a background for those now. who don't know about right, the Stutz? Yeah, I'm about to. I know it's a really common thing that everyone seeks. And out. I was about to tell you before everybody interrupted me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna keep doing this. The, the Stutz Bearcat was like the end-all, be-all sports car of the late 19 teens, which I guess would be technically pre-war, pre-pre-war, um, and the early 1920s. However, the the Stutz Bearcat was annihilated. And the Stutz brand really kind of fell apart in the 1920s. It is a cool name. Yeah, it's a really cool name. Is it S-T-U-T-T-Z? S-T-U-T-Z. Oh, yeah. Stutz. Sounds like but a German can. They were, <laughs> they were um, completely annihilated by uh, the Buick, by like the bigger engine Buicks and stuff and Duesenberg, which was at that point in time a huge company. Um, but all of that really um, completely destroyed Stutz, but there's a lot of stuff that we see. Like, they were the first company to do really, like, huge amounts of weight reduction and, like, worry about engine placing and stuff like that and, like, where placement of the drivers is and weight distribution. That was first done by Stutz. But that was the company. So race cars, road cars, or both? Both. Okay. Yeah. So they the the. So they're desirable. Is yeah. The Stutz and Mercer were the two that like went against each other. It's a race. The Mercer race about in the Stutz Bearcat. Um, but yeah, both those companies really just kind of had their ass kicked by a lot of the bigger companies once they start getting into racing. Right. So that's something that happened. Your brain is a very strange place. <laughs> that is something that literally happened. So I'm very worried about that happening at Tesla. And I really, really hope that Elon Musk is studying his automotive history and knows that he needs to step his shit up. So do you... So he here's to get thing. those rockets to land So hold on, on a second, though. I don't think Elon's end goal is Tesla, though. No, it it's never not. Has no, been. So no, do you think he really cares if it goes away? I think with the amount of money he has invested into it right now, yes. Maybe, but he cares about the battery development tech. I think yeah. that's what he needs. Yeah. That's, that's what he. Thing. That's yeah. what he's using it for as a yep. vehicle for that. <laughs> vehicle. Vehicle. Yeah. Anyway, automotive pun. So, so, so we're on. So we're all in. The, that's kind of where we think it's going to go. I, I mean, I don't think that's the only thing that's going to come about in the you know twenty years from now. I think there will be gasoline vehicles that are still. Yes, there will be. Maybe even more so, just because it'll be much more taboo to have like this dino juice powered thing that mm. makes all this ruckus. But it's who can know? I mean, if we if we knew Absolutely. even that, maybe I think this is this is a question that we can answer much better in right. five years. Absolutely, because of the unique landscape. Yeah, because and just the explosion of commonplace EVs and just the the battery Absolutely. technology. It's like processors ten years ago, like they're. Like, it's not doubling every year like that microprocessor technology was, but it's yeah. literally adding like thirty percent energy density every year over year. And if you well, if you look at like if you'd asked me this question ten years ago, I would have said the GTR by all accounts. The and, thing is, now like I did Ultimas. not see I did not see the Model S coming out ten years ago and annihilating the GTR as an electric car and changing the world. Because right. that car, I, yeah, I could see that. There's a lot of people like talk trash about Tesla, but not being that great, not really liking electric cars. But 
that car is seriously, seriously groundbreaking. That car is, I would, I'm going to say that is probably the most groundbreaking vehicle since the Bugatti 35. And with that, I mean, I rode in a, a first gen Roadster yeah. 10 years ago. Woof. And that was like, it was the first one delivered in the state area just across the road from us. Just happened to be. Yeah. There was this Tesla branded trailer there all the time fixing the things that had so many problems, but I rode in it and it was just incredible. You hear like the AC three phase motor wind up and, you know, it was a pretty crude car compared to a Model S, which is saying something because Model S isn't exactly a lap of luxury, but it was, it hurt. I mean, it was fast and just the experience of that, I'm like, this is the future. I mean, yeah, this it is... disconnects. Yeah. I've, I've, my friend has a, a P100D actually in LA and he, yeah. he's contracted with a couple of the Elon's other things that are going on and the first time that something like that happened it disconnects you from what you're used to yeah right it, it that that was the probably the most it was probably one of the most disconcerting experiences i've ever had i don't think it i, I love being in a fast car i, I yeah. mean i think but there's, it was it's a, different there's, yeah, yeah there's nothing better than being in something that that can just rip your face off yeah but it's associated with all of the other things that we grew up with that really just you know they, they, they tweak our brain into to being well, we that guy that loves that and certain types of power delivery exactly and, exactly and then car. this is just it, it completely silent a completely different level the senses a, don't yeah you can't connect another. it's like you know, the first time that you use vr Oh, it's yeah. not, you're not moving, so your body's right. like, well, we're not doing anything. What are you trying to trick us into thinking here? Shut up in her ear. That's Exa- not happening. Exactly. <laughs> and it flips that, that script with you when you're in an electric car that can do something that def- almost defies physics as far no, you're, as your you're body's absolutely concerned. Correct. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I think yeah. that in that case, we've been internal combustion for so long that all of those experiences have been passed down. Like the guy that you go, yeah. you go to the, waiting for somebody to tell the $100 bill, bill story. Yeah. At a car meet every single time, every single classic car meet you've ever been to, somebody's going to tell the hundred dollar bill story in 20 years. Everybody's going to start telling maybe the electric car story or like, yeah, you right. can't, you, you pin to the seat. You you're getting nauseous at that point. Like, yeah. So I agree. I think that it's and, going to change. Well, it's, it, you, you're, you're absolutely correct about that. The we feeling agree on something last if, time that, you were swearing at me. No, remember well, that? Cause you kept, I do remember me. that actually. <laughs> if you don't fucking interrupt me, I'm fine. Um, <laughs> No, it's like it, what you're saying about just what how visceral they are. Um, with with Jana's uncle, he used to have a Tesla. Your uncle Dave, honey. Oh, he has it, one. Oh, he's got another one now. Yeah, he, but um, I drove in that, and that was just a normal P60D. And still dumb. It's still stupid fast. Like that, a wide open throttle it gave me the same feeling that uh my buddy's 500 horsepower evo gave me do you think that terms like watt are going to change though with evs i don't know maybe because there is no opening of anything well i was we were talking about last time we were yeah. asking about how, how we measured motors how do you how, how do you measure the physical size of of the of the motor motors being used yeah like do you and for me it's just right now kilowatts but i mean yeah. well that's that, like that's that, that's like the horsepower right. but i mean like how big is the motor and how many kilowatts you get out of that size motor? I think like, we, we have to redefine the entire, the entire segment at that point. I think how power is measured is going to change. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That will. Because it's not going to, we can't use horsepower anymore because it doesn't right. really make sense and I mean, for like, that. Motors and like battery delivery mm-hmm. and how absolutely. that changes and supercapacitors and, and I, all the different things I also, that I think contribute a lot, to that. I think a lot of people that are complaining about not hearing the noise yeah. with an electric car haven't been in electric cars, first well, off. First off, they haven't. You're right. Because there is a noise. 
I think that I feel like that electric car companies are going to play more to that segment of the market. Oh, Especially they're going to pump in stuff like they've uh, no, no, they no, no, not at all, <laughs> not at all. So I've been thinking like, what's that Honda Sports EV that they're doing that kind of looks like an oh, old S five hundred? Yeah, I feel like if Honda did that and if they left their engineers to it, they're going to put as little sound deadening on the firewall as possible mm-hmm. and give that motor as thin of a casing as possible so you can hear that. So you think it's going to it. it's going to move from that whole idea of EVs targeting the entire I the whole mention of being silent. I think that's going to move go away, away from that because that's kind of what I mean if you've been in a newer Tesla that's the goal, right? Yeah. Is the goal is to completely remove you they from are, the driving yeah, experience. You don't really hear the motors in Not at all. Like unlike a, a first gen uh, roadster, roadster oh, which is word. which is like who built this in their garage That's this like is insane my e with all the covers removed mm-hmm. yeah. exactly really, really so do you think, think i think i think that, your, that your sportier models are going to come back and they're going to go to that it is called the sports ev yeah the sports ev the honda sports ev um but i feel like those are gonna i, I feel like something like that is gonna go back to the original tesla roadster where it's gonna be just a noisy ruckus I hope of so. speed I like and that. visceral you know, death feeling. You need something else. You need, you like need the, something else in your. This is a Honda Sports EV for uh, everybody watching on video. Look it up. It is a definitely well designed uh, car. Yeah. Well, we got a video going too. These so aren't, these aren't blown for those up. who are listening only. Though. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that's a properly good looking car. I agree. I think that thing is. Right I hope they build it so. close to that if they end up do. If they end up actually building it, is well, it going they, to be rear wheel drive only? Yeah, it would be. Yes. Yes. Um, and they built it alongside that. Uh, the, the hatch too, which looks yeah, Honda, like I think it's called the Honda Dream. Or, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, so I don't want to kick this a Dream EV. This That's what it was. this dead dinosaur oil thing to to pieces. But what I really believe is going to change everyone's mind on this is elimination of range anxiety. Yes. Yeah. Anybody that you talk to, exactly. As soon as as soon as it <laughs> becomes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like they're talking about putting when they started putting hybrids and pickups and start talking about making like the the Tesla semi mm-hmm. makes nothing but sense in the long long term but everybody's concerned but can we build our electrical grid fast enough to handle this that's another good question or so even just the the proliferation same of pv maybe but building these batteries needs to change because they're just as right. crazy damaging to the environment harvesting all this crazy stuff to build not anymore I mean, but I mean, they were up until recently. Man, you were talking about the saturation of the market, though. It's going like, to escalate. Well, bad, so but the, the like thing the is, aren't bad for the environment. The thing is, once they um, figure they out the power do make, problem. once they do make a car yeah. that has good range, yeah. and you don't have range anxiety, or um, just the charging solution. That well, I mean, that's going to be right. the one car that's like that yep. for a while. Mm-hmm. And I can with show that car, and plug you're going to you're going to. My my issue with that is you're gonna have really like, horrendous dealer markup, and on that I want to yeah I can, want to segue over to our yeah. Patreon. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sorry we are we're, we definitely tangent. We kind of do that here. It happens, but yeah no. I, this is a Patreon topic I picked for this week um, again from Scott. And this is dealership markups, and I think it's relevant. Just I mean again Excellent touching segue. on what we're gonna see when this. I mean because when this EV that finally breaks through, it will happen. When yeah. it finally happens. Yeah, it's not going to be a huge production right off the bat. They're not going to pull an Apple and build it up and then announce it, then release it. They're going to announce it, figure it out, then release it, and then it's going to trickle out, and you're going to pay you mean it's to be a Tesla? nose for it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like a Model 3 exactly. reservation right now. Or like a Honda Civic Type R, or like any number of recent cars, the GT350R. So the, the Patreon question asks, uh, 
Uh, why don't you kind of go things. through what, yeah. it, what it asks? So it, it's a like a five-part question. Yeah, typical, right? Um, do you think dealership markups should be allowed on cars like that? Do you think they should be allowed to tack on anything beyond their yes. typical like document fee and license fee? Yeah, I don't think dealerships in a traditional sense should exist. To be completely uh, honest, well, I that's, mean, that's, that's okay. We're question. not we're not we're not answering that. We're that's not going. Like, we're not. We're, not so we're saying the dealership we're, market. I, dealerships I, exist. I got four they other topics we have to get to. <laughs> we're not doing that. All right. Um, so it's a no yes problem. or no. I think it should be allowed. Yeah, I mean, um, everybody should be allowed to make money. Yeah, so we should be. Yeah, you, you should be able to um, to do a dealer markup, and the reason being... Should it be limited if they're allowed to? That's questionable. Should they be allowed to ask 30 over on a $56,000 car? That's, again, questionable. I I think the market should determine that, though. If someone's yeah, willing I mean, to pay 30 grand, or 30% or 30,000 or whatever... I think they should be allowed whatever, to ask it. Yeah, I mean, think about the... Well, not the, just that, but the demon. Like, when that came out, there were certain Dodge the, dealerships that, that got R. sanctioned because of it. 1,500 of those, though. Well, but you're talking about exactly that. They're right. they're going to trickle that and, and right. throttle that market production. I think production. for those, that makes sense. But, like, a Model 3, they're going to make, like, 7 bajillion of those things. And people are selling their reservations for, like, 25 Well, and e- even then... Well, yeah, and that, that also happened to the 2CV. The because, well, I mean, when the, so when the 2CV... No, it was okay. after World War II. Oh, okay. um, when the 2CV came out, because there were so few cars le- left in France, yeah. uh, people were buying a 2CV and selling it for almost double what they originally bought it for, yeah. because then you'd be able to get a car immediately. So um, I, hear I, I think that you, you should absolutely be able to do that. Okay. But again, the market's going to decide. Like If you're selling your Civic Type R for $30,000 over the MSRP, and there's a dealership on the opposite side of town that has one allocated to them, yeah. and they're selling it for five grand over MSRP. That five grand one's to sell immediately before yeah. the other one, I unless agree. there's something horribly wrong with the five grand car. I agree, and they should leverage their their allocations at least to a certain extent. I think that's okay. Asking five over on a fifty grand car, that's fine, whatever. But I've seen okay, so like with the demon, if they're caught trying to sell that thing over MSRP. They get future allocations yanked. And I the think dealership. there should, I think that the manufacturer that yeah. is pushing this to the dealer, yep. if we're working within the current framework should step in and make sure that they're not gouging the end customer. Because if all of them, you know, collude with each other, right. then the whole market free market idea we have then yeah. gets completely distorted. Right. So, I agree with yeah. the free market determining that as long as there's somebody I, else in there to, to regulate. Yes, I believe right. that there, I believe regulation is huge. Um, yeah, I think I think pulling the allocation if a dealership is caught doing this is yeah agreed fine. Yeah, it's totally fine, but it should it should be something that's frowned upon. Agreed. Um, but I mean, that, that'll still allow for the person that knows a vehicle is coming and goes in and puts money down because that's not an allocation card necessarily. It can be. Yeah. It was like when my sister-in-law bought her RS3, she found a dealer in town that had an allocation and then they used that as a build slot to like build the car they wanted and then it was shipped over. Look at the GT2s. Oh, that's true. I mean, that's exactly what was happening. Yeah. It's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It wasn't an allocation per se. It was right. those guys were allowed to take that GT2 build slot. Right. It was like and then what's going to get shipped from the port exactly, to the dealer and then on a truck. sell that and then they were right. selling these cars that were pre-configured right. and it's exactly. not affecting their allocation at that point right. because it was Which a build. Which is a smart workaround. It's super smart. Genius. Absolutely, but that's that would be the the other side of that is right. that the 
the dealerships are no longer being the ones that are causing the markup. It's the individual that is gaming right. the system. But a dealer yeah. could do that. I mean, they could they could do both. Put yeah, a absolutely. dollar amount down and order a spec car, mm -hmm. and then say that the allocation fell through or the order fell through, and then list it for sale as a new inventory. And then they would get the car potentially sooner. And then they could sell it for a with markup. A, with a lot of these cars, though, that are limited production, you can't yeah. do that. So no, that, that's true. So what we're I mean, they're hard enough to get an allocation. So we're talking about the. We're specifically talking about what's going to happen. You preface the question about the yes. battery tech coming through or the charging tech coming right. through about this car that's going to change right. the mass adoption of the electric, the EV vehicle, right. the whole thing, the EV as a whole. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts that have to come together, but it will happen. Exactly, and you think that you're predicting that that. Somebody's going to figure that out first. Yeah. They're going to deploy all of their resources to keep that where it is, and then they're going to trickle that out to the, the mass consumer, right? Right. And we're saying that the dealership as a whole, should should they be allowed to profit on that on top of the manufacturer well, controlling the, the source of that? Yeah, I mean, well, it's, I mean, it's dealerships a business. make a yeah, profit. Absolutely. I understand that, but like, it's kind of like a preset amount that thin. is controlled and regulated between dealers. Dealerships on each car usually lose money on the oh, sale. absolutely the new cars for the sure the new car new car sales are usually yeah. a loss leader then they make money I think on the leases that this is like exactly that. why i believe well not service. even that i mean they make money the financing on service charges parts. right yeah it's mostly financing charges yeah in like okay. in service mm -hmm. um and it's kickback so, to them from those companies yeah right? it is it's a complicated it is. Yeah, bad it's, game but it, it's it definitely is not there. a good <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that the, no the the thing is the dealership not gonna work here anymore anyway the the dealership is not somewhere that um, it, that's not a viable business solution. It's like an ice cream shop. It's like a like, restaurant. It, it's a very if you're getting into it to make money, you should look elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. It's a short-sighted view, absolutely. Um, and so. I think that's why I think I think it is totally moral uh, okay. to to do that. That was gonna be my next question. Yeah, do you yeah. Think I think it is moral? I think I think is that, that the next it, piece of it. Yes, yeah, so I think it's moral. Moral um, aspect of it. And it, it does kind of hurt the chance to I think get it repeat is too. customer business. If you try. But there, it's also, it, that's an opportunity cost. Like, are you going to get all the money from this car where you know you can make eight cars worth but here's of the thing. commission? Or If you have somebody walk into your dealership, say Dodge Demon, we'll use as an example. Yeah. You know this car's coming. You don't know what it's called. But you come in six months before it's announced and you put a deposit down. Yeah. The dealership gets your allocation. They process your order. What if they try to charge you additional money oh, on that's top greasy. of the MSRP? That's greasy and should not happen. When you've got your home payment down before they know anything about it. And that. that's exactly why Dodge stepped in on those. Right. Yeah, and that, that's that's greasy and something that should Because, yeah, happen. if they just have, like, a car that was shipped to them to sell as Different. an allocation, yeah, sure, try to get whatever you want. Anything it, that was fine. shipped to them, they should be able to do that with. If it's somebody that's previously purchased this vehicle order. and a customer's already put down the money on it, yeah, that should not happen. Yeah, that, that should happen. That should be sold for exactly MSRP I all agree. the way to the end. I agree. And including customer bargaining, if you're putting money down to purchase a car, you should not be able to bargain on that car. And you should either. have a PO too. You should have it done where it's signed in contract. Agreed. This is the car I'm getting, and I'm well, done. You, with you, it. Don't, you, you don't have a venue. You can't do that. You don't have a But you can have a purchase order with that dealership for the specific thing that you're going. Yeah, but you, you could agree you don't to have pay MSRP for this unknown car in writing. But That's what I'm saying. Until you get your allocation, you're not going to in your bill yeah. slot. You're not going to know anything about a dollar amount. So. Um, does it Part indicate? D does it add to the car's <laughs> appeal? I, I can't think so. Look at GT2 oh, for sure. GT2, oh. it yeah. sold out immediately. Puts them on a pedestal. Like, yeah, it, absolutely. Anytime they make anything exclusive, I mean, Tesla launched the the Roadster, the second gen Roadster, at the launch, at, at the it. the semi launch, and right. said, "Hey, oh by the way, you can have one of these for fifty grand." Or you can buy the founder's version for X number of dollars, and they sold them all out though. immediately. It was it, 50. 
So, fifty um, grand down. All right. Oh, so anyway, yeah. I just I want to get through this because yeah, we yeah, have yeah. a shitload of stuff we still need to handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, does it indicate the car is underpriced? Yeah, probably. Do manufacturers benefit from limited production? Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know if they do. No, but yeah. because yeah, the, totally. R and D costs that go into limited production and outweigh yeah, what they're getting. Those are skunk works projects. Absolutely, they no, lose money on them, but they do them to get product. Yeah, you know? no, that's called loss leader. That's, yeah, that, that's they a perfect are. example of a loss leader. They don't necessarily benefit from loss leaders. No. The thing is, all right. So let, let's look at an example. Mitsubishi is not a single loss leader. They're a totally lame car company. <laughs> that's true. Like, nobody wants they used a Mitsubishi. To, called the Evo. Yeah, they used to have and the it didn't Evo. really help them move other units. But right. let's look at. Um, Let's look at Porsche, the 911. Cayenne V6, Macan, like, 2.0T. Like those are their profit cars. Yeah, those are the profit cash cars. cars. Gigantic those are profit cars. Yeah, the they're... 911s, those are the loss leaders. Well, the GT3, GT2 cars are. Yeah, the normal. Halo versions of those they make, cars they absolutely make money are loss leaders. Standard 911s. So th- those are, th- that's the thing though, is like. The 918, that'd yeah, but, be a better idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the 918, stuff like oh, that. God. Uh, it, it absolutely costs. benefits the manufacturer in every way. Every th- manufacturer should make a car like that. Yeah, I think that the trickle down is where it comes from. I don't think it's from the car itself. I think it's them taking that technology and moving it into everything else. Well, let's, I think so too. Well, I mean, that's one like one more example, though. Uh, let's look at say Studebaker post-war. Did not have a single car that people were aspiring to. They had a couple of cool cars that were actually super awesome, like the V8 Studebaker Larks and stuff. But nobody gave a shit because they weren't Sorry. as they weren't as awesome as the uh, Corvette was, even though it was faster. So uh, I want to move on to awesome, the next yes, topic. Unknown, yes. Um, performance versions of cars. Actually, great segue here. Um, Road and Track <laughs> did a poll For on um, on performance cars and like cars that people would like to see performance variants of right and this is the last one on the list but if you click the left button on there it's they're almost all subcompacts like it's like the mitsubishi mirage should have a performance version not from some like automotive presenters but these are from the people that actually be buying these kinds uh, of cars Prius. yeah why not because i mean they have like the, i guess they have a performance version of tesla a prius could easily toyota have a, has the tech i mean yeah, they did toyota. the gs 430 hybrid and that thing was like oh yeah it's not for efficiency we just did it for more power yeah exactly like, oh okay like all, if you all the hypercar if you if you system. did like a performance kinetic energy if you did a performance uh based hybrid system on a prius yeah that would go great to make the prius sell better is the yeah. volt on this list actually i think it might be I was going to uh, say this is well, legacy. Scroll, scroll handles really well for what uh, it is. This is this is a legacy. Well, no, 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 not not all the way down. Oh my god, no! <laughs> I just want to see like the description of everything. Oh, okay. So it's like they used to have the two point five GT. Now so they, they just don't have, have a version, a performance have, version have, of the legacy anymore. They have the three six R. Three six R is pretty quick. It, no, it's like normal. Oh wait, these are like cars that currently lost their performance version. It well, seems not like. necess- not all of them because Mirage. Mirage well, well, way back in the '90s, Mirage had a yeah, but the modern version. Mirage. Well, yeah, like the modern Mirage. If they had taken, you, I've been hard to have a conversation line. about I've, I've Mitsubishi. Been, for I've been me. I've been oh, saying this. Cyclone, I've be been cool. saying this since they brought it here, or since Nissan bought them out. That Nissan should totally take their cool little three-cylinder, makes two hundred horsepower, and weighs like forty-six pounds, and put that in the Mirage. Um, yeah, like Chevy Sonics and stuff, because like well, that, they they kind of had one. No, of those. they had the RS, which they had the is, turbo version yeah. of that yeah. thing. Well, the turbo made the exact same amount of power as the non-turbo, but it was a performance version, wasn't it? It yeah, just I mean, had it different had, like, power some delivery, different body things on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah different yeah, power. I delivery. would still call that a performance version. Yeah, 
But I mean, like it, Audi All Road, just I, burn it like a V8. So, chill it with fire. A V8, a V8 All Road. I mean, the cool. the S6 More that I have problems. that was yeah, the predecessor cares. of Whatever. these things, and yes. the two sevens that were behind that. Uh-huh. That doesn't really. I mean, the fact that they don't do manuals in anything anymore, I think that'd be enough. Right, Put a yeah. manual in a decent car, we'd be happy. Pretty much. Like, the engine, not really necessarily the problem. Unless you're talking to two 2.0T. Yeah, I was going to say, get but, rid of those two O's, put three O's in everything, and we're good. Yeah, you, you, the 3.0 you supercharged you, you, you what I noticed about this list, though, this is not, like, when Road & Track does one of these, they just make an open poll and say, oh, add, add whatever you want. But isn't that inherently a the performance BRZ. version of its own car? What? But that's marketed as a sports car. You need a. They're talking about the performance version of the BRZ. Yeah. So, so like, we've moved on from the from the all road to the BRZ. It'd be so. like, it'd be, yeah. it would, no, this would be like it, like in our example, it'd be the BRZ. It's the one we have up in pictures. The BRZ would be like they've been asking for a turbo motor for, for since it was launched. Since it was launched yeah, and nobody it. they've not given it to us. They haven't given. But even it's one of those things. Power increase. Yeah. Really. Well, they gave us five horsepower. Which yeah. You think it's coming? Shit. No. No. Um, Great chassis though. Yeah. I, I, I know, it, I know it's, it's not wonderful. coming because I know Subaru corporate and I have zero faith in them. Um, well, I would agree with that one for sure. Though. Honda Fit. Yeah, Honda Fit. Would Absolutely, be another, another one. one. Those they do cars a spec are, series. They, so, yeah. They do. They uh, do need a, it yeah. would be great to have a performance so, version. All right, but the thing is, all these cars, these are cars that were, people have always said, hey, we want a performance version. And this is a, and Sonic this kind of is a really big uh, list of cars made by people that read Road and Track. Yeah. Not just like some really small niche, not like motor culture or something where it's right. like. No, I understand. Their sample it, it, size is much larger. They have a way. They have like a. Most people. You are telling me. Hold on. Hold on. You're telling me that Road and Track has more weekly visitors and listeners the motor than cult. Motor Cult? Yeah, I know. Shocking. Lies. But I mean. I don't believe it. Basically, Whoa, what I'm trying dude. to say is I think as far as people, people that go and actually buy a performance car. Yeah. I would say maybe every one in three of them. Yeah probably either have a subscription to road and track or regularly read road and track enough Maybe. to go on their website mm-hmm. to vote on these. So, because I mean, you know, they most have people, internet access. So they, might well, no, the, the thing is, is like people that read road and track versus people that are into like modifying their cars. Yeah. Those are two different segments. Yeah. They're people. not going to be so, reading consumer reports. So yeah. I got a, I got a question though. So to extrapolate out what you're talking about, okay. what do you think the take rate is for the ones that do have performance versions? So oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting to this. So this oh, is kind of, right. I'm saying don't interrupt me. Oh, <laughs> wow. So, Snark um, is coming back. With, with this, there's this is a really big sample size of people that would actually buy these yeah. that are asking for these. Kind of like everybody has been asking for for the last few years with all of these cars. And then all the manufacturers just go, I can't hear you. Yeah. La, 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 la. But the last time we did this, like the Chevy SS, they gave it to us. Nobody bought the exactly. fucking thing. Yeah, so but, people never put their money where their mouth is. Absolutely. So, like, I appreciate that they took the time to answer this. They might actually be people that are buying this segment. But of if car. you if you look at these, these are cars where they already exist. Like the SS, right. that was something that they had to comp- federalize everything. Yeah, kind of. But I mean, it's already been yeah. here twice: the Caprice PPV and the G8. As mm-hmm. as different body styles, though. No. Yes, different bodies. See, I'm okay. different body styles. I guess the big thing is, is these like, are just a different trim level of an existing car. With you yeah, still have to federalize it though. It's and I different. and that's kind of where I was going to go with the whole thing is that if if you're as a manufacturer and you get a request or you see the market demand for a performance vehicle right. and it doesn't drastically change the way that you're going to manufacture the current thing that you're, that they're asking for. Right. I think that there's no reason that you shouldn't at least have that as a take as something that you can check a box. If it's with. just a powertrain option change, like it's not even that, if it's all the parts exist and you can just 
you know, have your automated system swap right. something else in. Right. Why not? This is why, like, with Japanese nostalgia car, I've said in multiple accounts, I'm going to use the Mirage again because I've actually written this. Let me get back to the Mirage on um, the TV here. You take a Mirage, you take the three-cylinder out, you put in literally any engine, even the two-liter base model Lancer Or the engine. 1.5 turbo they got in the new Eclipse. Yeah, like that. Perfect. Those would both work. Great. Or, like, the Honda Fit. Just put a stock... Civic engine into it. Absolutely. That would be that so would much fun. Work the Civic perfect. Sport engine or whatever like, it is? The no, not, not, not even that one. I mean, like, the 1.6 non-turbo. I mean, what? Because I you're mean making, if you're going to do it, They still it, sell a non-turbo I think, Civic? I think they still do. I thought they were all 1.5 Cs now. I, 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 think, think I, think make an, I think they make a, non, a non-turbo still. Huh. But, like, I was saying this back in the day when the Civic was a one, oh, the R18 1.8 liter. Yeah. Like, just put that into a fit, yeah. and you're going to have a great performance car. But if you're going to do it, though, like, the cost at that point the thing that you're plugging into that hole is it's you're, you're cutting a lot of costs because those are all existing parts. It's that's like what I'm saying. Just plug whatever the bud. top variant of whatever you have that fits in that chassis that doesn't cost anymore. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, People the, the, do it all the time. The amount well, of cost it, difference for yeah. how to make one of the two engines, like the L15 or whatever versus the K24 really well, it's, isn't it's even that easier now because right. the fit and the civic SI uh-huh. have the same engine family. Even it's better. An L15B. L15B non-turbo, L15B turbo. That's based like, on the same thingy? They're the same thing. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you can that. just like put them together. Why do you think they resist then? Because they, I, I, I personally maybe? believe, I think it is a bean counter that's sitting there and saying, I have never once counted sell beans. One, sell enough. And it's, it's not going to make once. sense because the thing is the bean counter yeah. very rarely also has a degree in marketing. <laughs> yeah. But so, when you have a company oh, yeah. that has yeah, a bean counter that has a degree in marketing, you get really cool things. Yeah, so let's go true. back to the, just to talk about the thing that Eric kind of brushed over the oh, Canyon. The cyclo. Yeah. So that's one of those things that they did do a performance variant of that. Back in the day. They're no, talking- they did it. They did it today. They did the ZR2 with it has the, the manumatic, if you, if you actually read into it, the it diesel that's like a mini and, Raptor type thing. It's so you're not talking about like a sports truck. No, no sports if track. you actually read it, it says, remember the GMC Cyclone? We sure do. It's turbocharged V6. Right. It'd be the quickest pickup pick the, truck in What they're the day. doing today is trying to make a mini Raptor. What they did back in the day was make it faster than a Corvette. Yeah. So my question is, is then, do you think the folks that are deciding to make these performance versions of individual things, like in this case, GM and Ford, who uh-huh. t- seem to like to make ridiculous performance things, oh, why haven't they gone down this line, which the Canyon is one of their best-selling Because vehicles. I'm guessing in their focus groups, people are like, ooh, I'd like to be able to go off-road with it. They're like, no, you don't. They don't. <laughs> no, you exactly, don't. <laughs> but they don't like they don't mention like oh I'd like it if it was faster than a four five eight Ferrari that'd be great. Do you think we're gonna see a resurgence of the no. sport truck? No, fuck no, ever. No, no. Nope. Especially not not from America dead. at least because they all got bailed out and they're all like I don't think I don't think we're gonna see another Lightning. I don't think we're gonna see a Cyclone. I don't think we're gonna see a Typhoon. How do you feel about maybe the dealerships? A take? So Ooh, this being a, a thing. So what about? So you're saying that we're we want these things to happen, right? Yeah. And but the manufacturers aren't willing to to foot the bill. Yeah, what basically. about all those dealers that are like, "Hey, we know you want these things. Why don't we build them?" Because they can't for you. No, they do. They've done that. Yeah, so they, they built they the pair Lightning. up with like Callaway, and or they Lang built like that dealership that built the limited run of the Lightning. Yep, or that's the, true. All right, so, so I guess that's do you, true. How do you that's feel true. about that then as a, a supplemental thing like to this? Yanko? Well, I yeah, like a Yanko, exactly. You you run into a lot of issues there with quality, so. But, but if um, they're using, like you're saying, with the fit, 
Yeah, that's a perfect example of how can you screw you that up? It's the same motor. Factory parts. Yeah, but that's the thing is the warranty then. But the dealers, yeah, the dealership's the dealership on the hook has for the warranty. It, ben, yeah, the right? dealership's on the on the hook which for means the warranty. They and can only warranty it at that dealer. Yeah, which is a big deal. That's that, we, that that totally fucks it up. Like unless you're Callaway or something, which yeah, is supported or by Genko or something nation. like right. that. So you have to yeah. have a deal with the manufacturer. I think that's a good idea because a small format parts manufacturer doesn't have to federalize a separate powertrain. They don't have to do all this and that. So I think that is Would you smart. be more likely to go to a dealership that specializes oh, yeah, in something like yeah. that? No, 100%. Even yeah. if they you aren't buying that performance variant, but if that dealership... Yes, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, that's going to get me in the door. For sure. Yeah. And, yeah, then, and then an when Jana product. needs her daily driver... You're going to go there and buy their base model, right? Yeah. Well, not their base model, probably. Or anything that they you'd be more it, likely to shop there, Jana right? will probably end up getting whatever the factory performance model is or whatever the electric one is. Whatever one is like the fastest that has the cheapest insurance that is the most realistic and hilarious. Got That's it. the one she would get. Mm-hmm. White Bear Ford <laughs> comes to mind because they um, were the big Towsley, the ones at that big SVT dealership and here that were all about modifying cars. Mm-hmm. You don't really have that anymore. You don't really see that as much no. anymore. Well, no, no. I, I think manufacturers for the last five, 10 years did a really good job with performance versions, but now they're kind of scrapping everything that does that. So maybe that need and desire and useful be area on the, the market the will come back. Well, they're all, we, we're also coming out of a horrible economic situation in the country where kind of that was 10 years ago, but still it takes a yeah. while for it because oh, people are dumb as shit and gas is cheap. It takes a while for that to build back up. Yeah, it does. So, um, all right. Hey, let's talk about the I-Pace. You okay. mentioned that previously. Deal. Yeah. And I, I get, a yeah, that's fine. I'll here. do this one quick. Cool. All <laughs> right. So Jaguar I-Pace, it's based on the F-Pace about the same size as the model X. They finally announced some specs on it. I wanted to talk about Scroll this. Down. I wasn't, there, I wasn't this it. originally called the E-Pace? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, it's a crossover. But anyway, it unfortunately, it's a crossover. Don't care. Yeah, whatever. But it's it's seventy grand starting price with a one hundred kilowatt hour battery pack. That looks good. Actually, no, it's ninety kilowatt hours. But anyway, it's it's on par with like a hundred and forty thousand dollar Model X as far as its capabilities with range is concerning. So it has but a fast it's charging. Sixty nine five. Oh, sorry, sixty nine five. And no, prob- no, 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 no. I said the the. Jaguar is going to be 69.5. Correct. And then That's after the great. after the subsidies, it's going to be like maybe 60. How does it compare everywhere state. else, though? Uh, it's an F-Pace inside. I mean, it's got a little bit different mass in, so I mean, it's JLR. I mean, the interior. I meant like comparatively if you're cross-shopping this with the Model yeah. X. They're, they're only looking at range. Got it. Nobody buys a Model X gives a shit about anything else. Yeah, yeah. basically. Besides anyway, the doors. I'm, um, I'm pretty stoked because they, they were really keeping it close to the vest on how many kilowatt hours they were offering on this thing. And Wait, s- scroll down for a second. Infrared absorption? Oh, they're, they're talking about uh, heat exchanger, like a heat pump. Oh, nice. For heating okay. the car. I mean, like, a lot. Like, even the Volt does that. The E I, does I thought, I thought they were doing, thing. like, infrared, a based, like, like conversion. Oh, that would be oh, okay. interesting. No, I don't think they're really changing the game with this thing, but they are bringing a competition. 90, they're they bringing competition. a 90 kilowatt hour crossover, which I fucking hate, but people love, to a, a price bracket that is one or two levels below what you're looking at that, with the ugly-ass Model huge. X. Which, what else exists in that market right now? Uh, nothing. Comp- nothing competes with nothing, the Model X. Actually, nothing. yeah. Nothing has that kind of range. I mean, a Bolt is close with but the range because it's much smaller. Well, it like, what's it? Is. Eh, it's pretty small. But, I mean, it's still pretty quick. It's not nearly as fast as a, a Model S. Or, sorry, X. I mean, it does 0 to 16 4.5. It's not like a 3 not second slow. 0 to 60. That's still plenty fast. That is not slow. It's all-wheel drive. It's a modular platform they developed for this based on you know, the gas platform, but it's modified. So they can stretch it and move it and faster than the F pace. It's so, definitely faster than an F pace. <laughs> yep. 
But yeah, I, it's, it's yeah, it's dual motors. Accelerates. I think it looks good. Almost twice the good uh, twice motor. the G of a uh, Nissan Leaf, which is pretty huge. Anyway, I I much prefer that to the Model X. I'm excited to see it, and it's bringing the cost of a high range EV down substantially. That's so huge. This kind of thing is going to keep snowballing. It'll be great. Anyway, move on to your next topic. Okay, That's but I talk about. this is going to be this is actually <laughs> going to be our, our last topic, at, uh, with the exception of interesting engineering. Um, just because we I do need to get going, and people are going to be arriving at my house in like six minutes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's I. It's just like hurrying everybody we'll, along. Well, you burn through this, and yeah. I can finish out with Aaron too if you need. Well, but. no, I'm, I'm not going to leave. They can just okay. hang out there. All right. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so the Civic Type R. Yep. Uh, currently holds the right. lap record for um, front wheel drive car. Um, well, where at the Nurburgring? Oh, that's yes. a pretty good yardstick. Yeah, it's a good yardstick. Well, now they're going to they're thinking about making a pickup for the front wheel drive pickup lap record, which. Oh yeah. I'm 100% okay with because I think that they're they're doing this because it's currently held by either like a Fiat Strata or a Volkswagen Rabbit pickup. Like something that is a caddy. Not, like they yeah, could like be, literally they could like never a caddy. Shift. They could never shift and beat that record, I feel like. Never. Like, they would never have to shift. Yeah, no, that, that car, like if they just go out there. You can see it pretty well on the video feed. Yeah, that's excellent. If they go out there they all that. out that is just, and actually like – that's, do a lap with that is a is a low production number car. They would. It's got diamond plate in the back. That would literally that makes it faster. That would obviously. not only win, like the lap record. It would, might permanently hold the lap record. No, you know what that would do? That would encourage Renault to take one of their Clio RSs and take the back half out of that, which is great. It would make more front wheel drive hatch converter, you know, pickups. Which yeah, would be great. but because like it, it's like the fact that like Stanley Steamer, like oh my god. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> they held the lap record for world's fastest steam car for almost a hundred years until some guy made one in his backyard. Like it's just. That, I mean, I think it looks fantastic. I think that oh looks my, like oh a, a fast, racy version of the the Subaru Baja, which is fantastic. I'm a hundred percent like down with them doing this because oh another God. one, uh, Mercedes held the lap record for fastest, uh, uh, world's fastest, uh, like standing mile time on a public road that they set during the third Reich. And then uh, McLaren oh, came back oh and God. annihilated that themselves. So like, I think things like this are hilarious. Cause I want to see, I want to see how to hold that record for like ever. That'd be great. And I just love the, the fact that this speaks to the manufacturer going, Hey, crazy engineer person that wants to do the thing that you just pitched to us. Here's a bunch of money. Make it happen. What you mean bringing the Type R to America like they've been asking for for the last 20 years was actually a good idea? Yeah, weird. And then they weird. cut off the back end and made it a pickup. Wow, <laughs> oh, really you had weird. me in red Honda badge. Okay. Um, yeah, so that, that I think that would be super cool. I want that to happen so bad. Now I'm getting like these mental visions of like a Clio RS and the Type R. But it, like ha- it, it has to be, be front-wheel drive, golf, too. Which golf. Is, oh, Golf GTI, then. Yep. Yeah, a GTI, uh, yeah, GTI, yeah, would be like really funny. I want to see all three of those made into pickups going around the Nurburgring. Yes, yeah, so th- that should be the new thing, making hot hatches into hot pickups. <laughs> Hot front-wheel drive pickups. This is absurd because it has that damn spoiler on the back still. So I know. Like, can't put shit but into if you, it. If you look at that picture, though, it <laughs> kind of looks. Cage. <laughs> it kind of looks like the the middle part of that. The black piece might even hinge. You know, which I, would make it even better. Oh, if it all tilted down. Oh on my the tailgate. god! Mm, there we please go. do that. Yep, that would be hilarious. Um, all right, so that that's our inter- that, that's our last kind of topic here. Uh, I'm gonna move on to interesting engineering. 
I mentioned last week we're doing super hikus. Still doing research. I want to make sure I get super hikus right because that's a really important, like, cool four wheel steering thing. Um, what I do want to talk about is the really weird way Subaru went about making their cars all wheel drive. Okay. Because they never intended on being all wheel drive, and now it's like their thing. I was gonna say like, it, and I quote here: "It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru." Yeah, I know it's super hilarious. They they did it. The only Subaru I've ever owned was not all-wheel drive. They did it because the the Tohoku Electric Power Company. Yeah, I know, right? Sounds like a good bunch of folks. In Hokkaido, Japan, Very needed a place. Yeah. They needed a car that was small enough to get into alleyways and had four-wheel drive to get to like remote like um, all the power substations. Oh, okay. So they they were using uh, Toyota FJs but they were like too damn big for the alleys and they were always like knocking mirrors off and like denting bumpers. So what they did is they took the Subaru um, Leon that they, or it was actually, it started with the FF, but they decided to go with the Leon later on. But um, they basically took the Subaru Leon and said, can we get this? Cause this is the perfect size, but it's getting stuck like way out in the sticks. Can we get an all wheel drive version of that? And they like said, we'll pay whatever it costs per car. And so Subaru started out making a run of like 300 cars where they took Subaru Leones, ES71s. They took the uh, spare rear differentials from the then discontinued 240Z because they're moving to the 260, which has slightly this different rear This explains a lot already. Yeah. Now you, continue. now you know why like Nissan rear ends work in Subarus. Still. Two to days. Because they never changed. The worked so well, they never changed it. Because it was already a longitudinal transmission. Hmm. Because they were using a longitudinal transmission, so they could have equal length axles, so you don't get torque steer with a front wheel drive car before you had traction control. So all they had to do was open the rear end of the transmission, put a transfer case, in, or not transfer case, but put yeah, in a, a center differential, and send power to the rear as well. And that's how they did it. And then from there, a lot of people that worked for Tohoku were like, "I kind of want this for myself. Like, I want this, this works as my like daily." They're like, taking it home. They, ah, yeah, it's mine now. They're like, a car. <laughs> they were like, this literally works better than my FJ because it's full time, or it because it can be be driven around in the city full time, four wheel drive as long as I keep it at slow speed. Mm-hmm. At that point in time, twenty miles an hour is a reasonable speed. Um, and like they're like, I pop into four wheel drive once the first snow hits. I pop it out four wheel drive is, as soon as the snow melts and it runs great. Hmm. And so that's how Subaru got their four wheel drive and. It works so well for them that to date, there's still all the mounts and everything. Like you can take an STI engine, get you can't do the EA81 or the EA71, but you can get an EA82, my generation yeah. Subaru, and bolt in an STI engine without having to cut a single piece of metal. And you can take a Subaru uh, STI rear differential. You have to make a spe- one special bracket because a couple of bolts are a little bit different just because of physical size of the diff. Right. But you can, with some Home Depot, like, just bar stock, make a bracket (laughs) to bolt it up. It's two bolts that you need to add on. And you can do an entire, like, bolt-together modern Subaru engine into a 30-year-old Subaru, which I think is really cool. And It's kind of like BMW, too. I mean, when I did the S54 and the A30 M3, it's all OEM parts. No, no, Honda's, Honda's way harder. Really? Like coming from the Honda world and going to Subaru, I'm like, holy yeah. shit! Why is why they make this so easy? Like, why is everybody much. not modify Subarus? Like, this is really cool. Like, it makes just as stupid as of a noise. Like, I don't get it. 
but um, yeah, so that's uh, that was my interesting engineering was the cool uh, story of how Subaru decided to make four-wheel drive, four-wheel drive. Interesting story, but yeah. I have the stank face from the Subaru noise. Well, you can think of the fact that... Sounds like a tugboat. Actually, early Subaru, early Subaru uh, boxers before they went turbo, before like the EJs, they sounded more like an old air-cooled Volkswagen. They did, yeah. They sounded really cool. Like if you're a brat, like brats sound fucking sick. Hey, they, they, you you are right. They sound like Beatles. They do not sound cool. That sounds really cool to me. I don't think, I don't think the Beatles sounds cool. It just sounds like a thrashy like quad lawnmower. I don't see what the problem is. Okay, fine. All right. Well. <laughs> I think we got that through is, our shit. We have gone through our shit. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Aaron. Aaron, for thank you back. for joining us. And uh, I think um, on the bombshell that Subarus actually sound cool. <laughs> they don't. In, yes, they do. They don't. They sound do. Cool. They, they really just, do. We're ending the show. Carpeting, good right. sounding Subarus. Yes, carpeting. carpeting is better than wood floor. And on that bombshell. Yes, on that bombshell, we're done today. See ya. <laughs>